Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Here's this week's message. This morning our scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 1 through 12, and 18 to 23. This is the familiar parable of the sower. Matthew 13, 1 to 12, and 18 to 23. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on the stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they see, they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Therefore hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. This is the word of our Lord. So as you know, Jesus spoke in parables. It was a common way that Jewish rabbis taught in those days, and Jesus followed this rabbinic tradition. Yet to this day, we have a hard time understanding the parables. So what is a parable and why did Jesus teach in parables? Parable means to place alongside of. It's an illustration alongside a truth. It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. It's a physical illustration of a spiritual concept. So why teach in parables? Well, the disciples wondered the same thing. And in verse 10, uh, they, they asked that question. 
And in verse 11 and 12, Jesus says there's two reasons he teaches in parables. One, to reveal, and two, to conceal. To reveal truth to those who have accepted him, and to conceal truth from those who have rejected him. The principle still applies to us today as well. If you respond positively to what light God has given you, then God will give you more light. But if you reject the light, you won't get any more. If you fail to step into the light shown before you, no more is offered. If you obey, obey the truth you know, God will share more truth with you. But if you don't, then why should God give you more? There's no skipping steps with God. You cannot bypass the process he has set for us. Psalm 37, 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Some people say they stopped growing in the Lord at a certain time. They were growing, going forward, but then it seemed to plateau and, and level off. And if I were you, I'd go back to that time and see if there was a command you had never obeyed. Because you can't circumvent that truth. The train stops here until we meet the requirements to go forward. And that is a very important lesson for all of us to think about. We can't skip God's truth. God does not reveal truth to us so that we may consider it. He reveals it to us so that we will obey it. Jesus came to his own people in Israel and they rejected him. So now he goes to the individuals and uses parables to conceal the truth from those who don't want to believe and to reveal the truth to those who are seeking more light. So Jesus told this parable. The kingdom of God is like a sower who went out to sow seeds. And as he sowed, some fell on the path and the birds ate it up. And some fell on rocky ground and withered away. And some fell among thorns and got choked out, while other seed fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. In spite of everything, the harvest was plentiful. That's the nature of the kingdom of God. The parable of the sower answers the question, why doesn't everyone, everybody become saved? As tremendous as salvation is, it's a wonder that so many do not get saved. Today we see three elements to this parable, the sower, the seed, and the soil. Notice that only 25% of the seed ends up being successful. 75% didn't take. So what's the problem? The seed? Is that the problem? No. Look at verse 19 and 20. It says the seed is the word of God. and We know it is inerrant, infallible, and inspired. The God-breathed word is perfect and so powerful. Consider the power contained in just a little seed. If I were to hold a few apple seeds in my hand, there would be the possibility of an entire orchard. That's exciting. Because even if I only preach to a handful of people today, if I can just get some seeds planted, they can spread 
and reproduce and be fruitful for ages to come. We see the same thing with an acorn. Within the acorn is the potential of a mighty oak tree. And remember, the oak tree drops hundreds of acorns, but only a few will only ever turn into a tree. 1 Peter 1, 23 says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. There's no problem with the seed. The Bible is the seed, and in it is amazing potential. God has promised that his word will not return void. Psalm 126, 5 and 6. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Usually we use those verses to make a point about the burden and the tears that we should have, but I think some have that heart, but don't scatter the seed the precious seed that is absolutely vital to the process of seeing a loved one get saved. Do you ever get around to talking about the Lord? Do you ever share the actual words of the gospel? Or just pray for them, or for someone else to do the talking? Elsewhere, the Bible says if we sow sparingly, we will reap sparingly. But if bountifully, then... Well, we need to sing out the wonderful words of life. Why doesn't everyone get saved? Well, the problem is not with the seed. Then is the problem with the sower? Verse 37. Jesus is the sower in this parable, so we know he sowed correctly. What did he do right? He sowed. What did he sow? The word of God. Where did he sow? Everywhere. And when did he sow? All the time. The magic formula of the sower is to sow plentifully everywhere. If you aim at nothing, you're sure to hit it. We must try and try and try over and over all the time. We cannot continue to allow seed sowing opportunities to get by us. Don't wait to be led. God has already led you. Don't say, I'm looking for an open door. The door is wide open until one day very soon when God will shut it, and then no more sowing can be done. There's much room for improvement when it comes to scattering seed. Sow plentifully, also sow passionately. That's where the tears and the burden come in. The seeds only spring up if they are watered with our tears. When is the last time you wept over a lost loved one? Plentifully, passionately, and of course patiently. In due time we'll reap if we faint not. Don't give up. Farmers don't plan on Monday and expect to reap on Monday or even the next week or the next month. Just obey and do your job and trust the results to God. Plus, we often will never know the results of our witness. I do believe we will have some surprise discoveries in heaven. In this parable, there's no problem with the sower. There's no problem with the seed. 
So the problem has to be with the soil. And what is the, the, the soil in this parable? It's the human heart. And there are four kinds of soil in this parable. We see in verse 19, the indifferent heart is pictured by the wayward or the wayside. This is the footpath alongside the fertile field. It's been walked on so much that the dirt is hard and the seed won't make it. This is a hardened heart. What do you do? You pray for them. And God can break up that soil and perhaps a seed can get into a small crack sometime. Some won't look up until they are flat on their back. So pray for circumstances to get their attention. Unfortunately, some need that near-death experience to shake them up. Any religion is good enough to live by, but I need one that's good enough to die by. Verses 5 and 6, the impulsive heart is pictured by stony ground. It's totally different than the wayside. It's not rock on the surface. There is just a little soil, but then rock underneath. The seed doesn't get very deep. So it springs up quickly, but it has no root system and dries up and withers away. These are impulsive decision makers who actually do make a profession of faith. Maybe it's an emotional, impulsive decision. Yes, I want to be saved. But there's no depth or root to them, like easy believism. It says the sun comes out and they wither away. That's circumstances and problems. Some come to God with problems, thinking that if they get saved, their problems will all go away. We know that's not true. Remember, the world hated Christ and will hate you too. So we have an indifferent heart, an impulsive heart, and the in verse 7, the impure heart. The impure heart is in thorny places. The thorns and weeds here may have been cut away at ground level, but the roots were still there. You know, each spring you mow back the dandelions in your yard and you get rid of them, right? No, of course not. They come right back. These thorns and thistles and weeds represent worldliness. Verse 22, the world and riches choke out the word. The word repent means to turn. And as you turn to Christ, you should be turning from something. And that is the world system. The world behind me, the cross before me. The best verse of I have decided to follow Jesus. Let's be clear right now, though. These three examples are not believers who lost their salvation. They were never saved at all. The evidence of a true believer is that they bear fruit. Jesus said, by their fruit ye shall know them. And James was right. Faith without works is dead. We are not saved by our works, but a true faith will work. So finally, in verse 8, the last example is the only true believer. This is the heart that humbly receives the truth of the word in genuine faith and repentance. This one becomes saved and is filled with the indwelling Spirit of God. This is where you want to be. So the question for you today, what kind of ground are you? If you are one of the first three types of soil, the good news is you don't have to stay that way. Make sure you have a fertile heart. 
ask God to stir your soul and turn the layers of your life over and turn them over to him. Let us pray. We thank you, our Father, for this wonderful time of worship. We thank you for your word, which is so powerful and so penetrating. Most of all, we thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you for the fact that he died on a cross bearing our sins in his own body. We thank you that he became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We thank you that there is eternal life in him, forgiveness of all our sin, the riches and fullness of life now and forever. This is the seed. May we be faithful in sowing it. And, O oh God, may you graciously, mercifully plow the hearts of many so that they may receive the good seed and bear much fruit to your glory and your honor. Amen.